Welcome to NFT Challenge Talk, where we explore the people of Web3 and their impact on the future of technology. Today, we are excited to have a special guest, Shekaina Apeda, who has been instrumental in some of the biggest metaverse fashion collaborations. Shekaina has represented Artifact Studios in partnerships with high-profile brands and celebrities, and is now involved with Deadfellas. She's on a mission to empower Web3 entrepreneurs and innovators, advising them on the legal aspects of their ventures. So sit back, grab a banana, and let's get started with Shekaina Apeda. It's great to have you uh, with us, Shekaina, uh, today here at uh, the NFT Telling Talk. Uh, before we start uh, and uh, go and talk about uh, Dead Palace uh, and everything else that you're working on these days, uh, can we start with uh, the easy question of uh, who are you and uh, how did you end up in Web3? Oh my goodness, that's a big question. So I don't end up in Web3. I, I'd say, you know, thanks or cheers to the, um, the, the pause of the world with the pandemic. Um, Prior, prior to being a lawyer, I was a social worker um, for about 12 years. And yeah, I just kind of worked in, I feel like almost every, every, every area of trauma within. Um, so like I worked in foster, foster care system. So worked orphans, worked within the um, mental health you know, system at a state funded psychiatric facility. So certainly a lot of stuff happening there. And then also worked with them um, in the substance abuse area with um, juveniles, so teenagers and, um, and adults, you know, struggling with addiction. Um, and so, yeah, at some point, like I knew, I mean, I loved the job I had as a social worker, but I knew I didn't want to stay in that position forever. And I always loved going to court and advocating for my, for my clients. Um, and so that's what kind of spurred on the idea of going to law school. Originally, I wanted to do asylum law because I was paying attention to a lot of what was going on and what is it like twenty between twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen with a lot of um, you had like yeah I would say Arabs, um, Turk well I'll say Arabs mainly Arabs and Africans kind of crossing the Mediterranean trying to get over to Europe just because whatever was going on in their countries and just a lot of the policies that were coming out of Europe. And then we, then the U.S. also elected, you know, Donald Trump, and there was a lot going on with immigration, with the, uh, some radical immigration reform um, that was not in the favor of those that were seeking asylum, you know, to the U.S. And so that really kind of sparked my interest. Um, and then I graduated from law school and did an internship um, in, in Copenhagen. So I was living in Copenhagen for about ten months during that internship, and. Um, yeah, there's more on the side of business and human rights. And I learned just a lot about corporate, response, corporate social responsibility. And somewhere in there, I was doing research around just like anti-money laundering and where some of this quote-unquote dark money goes. Um, yeah, just with human labor trafficking, you know, et cetera. And, and so, yeah, I was like, I think I want to work. And they, you know, I want to work for a bank because at that time, I think Danska Bank which one of the largest banks in Denmark um, had quite a scandal going or had just come out of a scandal with um, a lot of anti-money laundering and being involved in some like, yeah, some not good stuff. And so, yeah, I was like, I really want to work in the banking sector and kind of clean up from the ground up, you know, what's going on, you know, in the world. Um, yeah. Couldn't get a job. Came back to the U S um, October, 2019 
and never and, and decided that I would study for the bar exam, um, which is a license for an attorney in the U.S. So had it not been for anybody to get a job overseas, you know, to get a visa, I, I wouldn't have come back to, to, to get the license. And so that happened. And then obviously with the pandemic, you know, just kind of being home, um, had a lot of time to kind of learn more about laundering and somehow kind of got and learned about crypto and then was watching a lot of um, financial news around um, the, what is it, like Robinhood kind of popping off during the pandemic. And then you had a lot of news about crypto and then somewhere, you know, in there kind of led me back on Twitter. And that's where I kind of discovered or found out about NFTs. And then, yeah, I just con I sent an email, cold email to a digital, what are they, like a digital streetwear fashion, you know, slash trying to be a gaming company, I would say right now. But they came out, they're just digital sneakers. Contacted them, loved what they were doing. It was just like, I'd love to be your legal intern. I'm about to be licensed uh, in, in a couple months. I have no experience. It's a very short email. I like to be direct. They got back to me within the, a day or two. And we had our first call, um, February 1st, 2021. And uh, that internship lasted, you know, about two weeks. And then obviously they were, they were paying me and it, it, it kind of just elevated from me just doing filing trademarks. And so I just wasn't filing trademarks for them. They were asking, can you review an NDA? Can you, you know, review a contract? Can you write a contract? And so a lot of it was, you know, honestly, just on the job experience. And so this was, um, like I said, yeah, early 2021. And I would say I really got into NFTs probably August 2021, because that's when I would have purchased or minted my, uh, my first NFT, which, yeah. So I think that gives you some background. That's, that's very exciting. I didn't know that you were so close to uh, Estonia uh, just a couple of years ago. And especially funny uh, side note being that uh, uh, the Danske uh, money laundering scandal that you mentioned about, it kind of started with uh, some Estonians being involved and uh, maybe there was some Russian money. <laughs> anyway, I think that this was a very interesting uh, environment to just see the old world from, even though you didn't go deep into it. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm sure that... Uh, uh, getting getting involved with uh, Web3 has been even more uh, interesting uh, since. Yeah, no, 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 I definitely agree with that. Um, I want to say one quick thing. I, yeah, one of the places I did do some interviews for jobs in like Lithuania, but just like yeah, the the yeah the the cost of living and not even the cost of living, but the cost of living is is very decent, but it was just the, the wages was not getting enough for someone that has a an American law degree was the issue. But no, I definitely, I mean, I'm sure you know Revolut, which is a white fintech. Yep. And I had applied for jobs with them. And I, and I don't remember what job it was, but there was one job that I was applying for when I was in Denmark that um, for some company, and I had to do like a sample um, suspicious activity report. So this is where you kind of would, write up a report and have to submit it to whatever government agency to report the activity, anti-money laundering activity. And I think it had something to do with something with Estonia and, and Russia, actually, like the, the prompt they gave, excuse me, that they gave me that I had to like write about. So 
Yes, I, I understand what you're talking about. But no, with uh, what I can say, though, with, with NFTs, and I, I tell people this, I don't have a problem saying this. What got me interested in NFTs initially, before I saw Artifact and really liked what they were doing, it was the wash trading on OpenSea. And, and literally, like, I, again, and this was in towards the end of 2020, and I had not had any, like, really previous experience with NFTs or marketplaces, but I could very, very visibly see what was happening. And so that was maybe the initial reason why I wanted to get into NFTs was to kind of stamp out some of that uh, anti-money laundering that was, yeah, that, that will still goes on today. But I have a feeling at some point, soon enough, it will get cleaned up. So, Yeah. Uh, especially uh, even if it's uh, just on the taxation side, then uh, I'm, I'm seeing some things that uh, may uh, may end up this uh, thing, uh, so that uh, there wouldn't be a good reason to do wash training. Uh, but uh, before going there, then uh, okay, cool. So you started uh, from Denmark and then uh, went back to the states. And just one more remark that I have to make: uh, Yes, Estonia was involved, or some Estonians, with this particular thing. However, this is not Estonia. Estonia in general is uh, very anti-Russian and has been for the last 30 years. So, uh, yeah, when you live next to Russia, sometimes you get some interesting kids, like currently with, uh, uh, with everything going around the world. But uh, we have learned to deal with it and to keep our distance. Anyway, now going into uh, continuing with the law and uh, getting to Artifact. So I understand you... Uh, you got into NFTs, it was interesting from the wash trading uh, standpoint, and then you uh, applied uh, to Artifact, uh, and uh, no? No, I mean, I didn't apply, I just sent them an email, and was just like, hey, I, want, um, I would like to be your legal intern, mm-hmm. like, I want to be like your law intern, like, you need to make a, they, don't have, they, have, they didn't have a position for that, no start, no Web3 startup has a position for that, so I was just trying to, like, I knew I needed I needed legal experience mm-hmm. because yeah and I knew like they seemed to be a cool company and I wanted to work for them so there was no application there was just a very short indirect email and they answered. So. Basically, uh, for any of you that uh, might want to get involved with any of the web free companies, then just write them and uh, maybe they'll accept you. Yeah, but you got to get them. You, you got to get them early. I mean, unless you have a really good skill, where you can get them. You know, like once they've already like quote unquote blown up. You know, with the sold sold out mint. But it works to certain. It's a lot easier if you can get them early. So maybe you can you know ask for some equity. You know, as, as well. Yeah. So probably uh, if uh, any of you want to go and work for Artifact or Yuga Labs these days, then the terms won't be uh, the same and it wouldn't be that easy, but uh, there will be others. Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, uh, from, from Artifact, uh, now you're at Deadfellas. Uh, what happens uh, uh, in between? I know that you're working with uh, other projects as well. Uh, so uh, how has yeah, your yeah. free journey been? No, it's been, it's been wonderful. So I worked for Artifact from February um 2021 to october 2021 um okay so were you also involved uh, when they were still doing the uh, acquisition by uh, nike yeah yeah 
that's why it would have been in October 2021. And, and, and then and the Nike announcement would have been in December. Trust me, they were, you know, like there were things happening behind the scenes far before the, the, the announcement. And so I, 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 I believe. And I guess it must have given you a experience of lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it gave me the experience of a lifetime, but it also, like I told you, I came in, I came to Artifact with no experience at all. And so a lot of me, I was doing like a lot of research to figure out, you know, how to do what I was doing. But the really cool thing, um, you know, just like any, any company, whether small or big, you know, certainly big, they're going to do due diligence into the company. They're going to research, you know, the company that they're going to acquire. And so in one part of that is looking at all their legal documents. They want to know, do they own the, I, the intellectual property of the thing that they're selling or the thing and the thing that they're creating? And so that was one thing that Nike certainly did. And it, it was certainly, I could say, a, a proud moment for me to, to know that, yeah, I can, you know, I can answer all your questions and I can get you all the paperwork because I thought of it. I, I thought. Yes, we need to trademark the name Artifact. We need to file a trademark for the logo of Artifact. Yeah, we need to like do some copyrights in some of these art designs. We need to also, you know, trademark some of this stuff as well. So the fact that you have someone that was just fresh out of law school with no, because I graduated law school in 2019 as well. So you have someone that's fresh out of law school, newly like a lawyer, like newly licensed, you know, and, and being able to kind of like have the foresight to, to protect an entity in that way, I was definitely proud and to, you know, make sure every collaboration that they were doing before Nike was under contract, they were contracting, there were contracts and they just weren't hand, handshake deals, which you can find a lot of in Web3. And so, yeah, no, it's certainly affirming that, you know, I guess I know what I'm doing and, and, and I'm pretty good at it, so... Um, but, but yeah, so from that point, so as they were transitioning, you know, to, to Nike, and obviously Nike has great legal counsel and they have like a whole department with tons of experience. Um, like I just continue to do, um, trans, I mean, trend, what is it? Um, just contract work and do legal consulting for different web three, um, artists or projects that would contact me, you know, like on Twitter or those, um, artists that knew me from working with Artifact, because the one cool thing, that, the one cool thing with Artifact was they always did, they did a lot of collaborations. I mean, I think they primarily did collaborations in 2021. And so I was, yeah, and they were okay with me. If those artists did their own project and wanted me to do like a terms of service or, or help them out with a separate contract, that wasn't artifact affiliated, like artifact didn't mind me doing that. So that was pretty cool. So that kind of kind of expanded my network um, and, and gave me some more work. Um, and then, yeah, like through word of mouth, um, someone hit me up, a friend of mine and Web3 hit me up and or contacted me in December, really co close to Christmas actually, um, and said that that fellows was looking for an attorney and I knew who they were, but I was not following the project. Um, and then the I didn't know too much about the project, but I knew I, I knew what the debt fellows like. I knew what I knew what the character looked like. And so I said, yeah, because also knew the one thing I did know is that a, a woman was, you know, one of the co-founders of the project. And so I said, yeah, um, we had the call. Uh, 
January. Um, so I was actually traveling, I was doing a lot of traveling because, um, you know, like your holiday, ho- New Year, Christmas holiday. And so I took the call in a hotel room. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and it, I, it seemed to go pretty good. And so, yeah, January 2022 is when I would have started working um, for, for Dead Fellows. And then as a, as a consult, legal consultant, and then in April is when they would have hired me um, full time, you know, like on staff. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna show that not show but flex that I was the first official you know like hire so that's kind of cool. That's nice, very nice. Uh, for those that, that don't know uh, Dead Palace, then uh, uh, can you briefly explain uh, what is it all about? Oh goodness, I mean, I'm probably the worst to explain it because <laughs> unlike, I, and I say that because unlike with Artifact, with Artifact. I mean, like if you worked for Artifact um, before they released Clone X, you were gifted, you know, some clones. And so because of that, and because I think it was my first Web3 job, I was very involved on Twitter and, and you know, kind of like promoting who I was working with and, and really more involved in the community. Whereas with Dead Fellas, I'm not. And I would say the majority of the collectors of Dead Fellows have no idea who I am. Although you, uh, as you know, I am very active on Twitter, um, but they don't, but, but, but yeah, unless you go to my profile, you have no idea who I am. And then I don't, I don't rock a Dead Fellows. I, wa- I rock a clone. So you, 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 you don't know unless you go looking for it. So at best I could say they're like what 10,000 uh, like green looking like 2D looking zombies. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, yeah, if you're watching the video, you'll see the logo on this hat and just to let you know, this is, you know, some, some permitted copyright infringement because this hat does not exist. They don't sell this trucker hat that I'm wearing. Um, but, but yeah, I had it made so for personal use. So it is allowable because I'm not selling it, but, but, but yeah, like I, I, I kind of have a divide. Of, of between my job, what I do with that fellows versus how I navigate and, and enjoy, you know, the community and of, of Web3 on Twitter. So I'm not too much into, I'm not deep in their community, but it's a PFP collection of 2D cartoonish looking zombies. So not like too gory or grotesque. Yeah. And even though it is... Uh... Not something uh, perhaps like uh, you have the artifact, then uh, even such a project still needs a, uh, a legal consultant or uh, in-house uh, lawyer. So uh, this uh, actually goes uh, nicely as a segue into why would a NFT project or any uh, crypto project need in-house uh, legal? Because after all, it's just, uh, just a random JPEG and uh, you... Uh, sell them for some money and uh, now it's done and then you can go and rug and ta-la-la. <laughs> why, why would you need the legal consultant? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you said like crypto, you know, kind of explains it in itself because what people in NFTs I don't feel like recognize is while, while there aren't really laws, I mean, there really aren't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say there, there aren't really, there are no laws. There are no laws right now on the books, at least that I know of. And, and, I'm, and I'm always looking um, on the books about NFTs. But there has been 
regulation and guidance, you know, around crypto, like crypto has its, you know, like certainly has been regulated. I mean, when you, when you hear about, um, you know, like the, the U or the American, you know, FBI or in department of treasury, you know, has, you know, sanctioned this person sanctioned this wallet uh, or has finally arrested, you know, someone that stole from a, um, that's hacked. I mean, a lot of that has occurred pre-NFTs um, or the activities occurred pre, pre-NFTs. And so no, crypto regulation and, and, and like I said, guidance globally has, has been around when it comes to anti-money laundering um, for, yeah, for all the exchanges for, for well, not the, the exchanges that are registered um, in the U.S. and in some European countries. Um, so if you're dealing with an NFT project, I mean, it would, it would only say, I think from the first standpoint, if you're really trying, if you're not a rug, I mean, yeah, if you're not a rug and you really are trying to build the business into something and you're treating it like a startup, then first off, you do want to protect like the, the intellectual property. You want to protect the thing that you're creating. You want, if you're, if you're not the artist, then you also want to have contracts you know, when it comes to like who you're hiring or contracting, you're either hiring someone full out or you're contracting them as a consultant, you know, to, to work on your back end technology for the smart contracts or, you know, for doing for doing security tests. You are going to consult and have a contract for the person that's doing the art. So there are so many different areas you want to have a contracting people, you know, as well. So. Yeah, you want to have a terms of service on the website. You want to have a privacy policy on the website. So, like, if, if you're, if you, whether your company su- succeeds or not, but if you be serious about it and if you have goals, you know, such as artifact and you want to be acquired by a conglomerate like Nike, you know, to be able to get a huge injection of, of funding, or if you want to, you've, hear, you've heard a lot of stories of, of um, different NFT projects you know, doing seed rounds and, and getting investment money, you know, your Moonbirds, uh, your, your Doodles. I mean, I don't know about Azuki, so maybe not them. I don't, I don't know or not. They have or not, but I know Doodles. I know that Moonbirds has, and I'm not too sure who else, but there have been some projects that have accepted, um, yeah, investment money. Those investors are like Web2 people, and, and they're going to do what's called due diligence, or they should be doing due diligence, and they're going to want to see, well, do you own, like I said before, like, do you own what you've created? Um, do you have the contracts in place? Is your company structured? Do you have an, an actual like business entity that's incorporated or that's a limit liability company? So an LLC. So. Yeah. Uh, as, as we have been uh, flirting with uh, investors, both uh, with uh, our current businesses, as well as, uh, previously raised uh, money from uh, uh, other uh, businesses, then uh, I very much know uh, due diligence is something that uh, always bites the startups uh, suddenly because uh, no one really thinks about uh, having to do all those uh, legal contracts and everything else when they are starting because initially you're running low on funds and you just uh, uh, want to build something and deliver it and hopefully make some uh, quick revenue and then uh, then you later learn that oh we might have uh, done something wrong and uh, and especially in NFTs these days with uh, all the different uh, types of uh, new uh, regulations that are coming out so not in terms of regulations but still as you said guidances 
then uh, there is uh, lots of interesting things, uh, like just on top of the hat, some of the things that uh, you might have to uh, uh, think about. Did you pay uh, VAT tax, perhaps even sales tax uh, on, uh, on the NFTs that you sold? Uh, would you have to do some sort of uh, uh, right of refusal uh, or returning uh, in the first uh, two weeks if you sold any in uh, uh, Europe? Uh, is there any taxation happening in general uh, afterwards from all the trading activities and everything else? And then, of, of course, the uh, KYC and AML rules so that uh, uh, you wouldn't get any terrorists playing your games and uh, uh, earning from the games and then funding uh, their activities this way. So lots of uh, fun things that no one really is talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of they don't talk about just because they don't know it. You know, you just don't think about it um, because, I mean, I have no problem saying this, but like, like before I came on, you know, to Artifact, they were working with a major law firm. And I know because they told me and I had a couple of emails with that law firm and that law firm was mainly working, was primarily working on their like investment stuff. And, and, and again, they, they were, they had a relationship with Artifact. They were paying, like Artifact was paying them. You know, a substantial amount, you know, to kind of like handle that that side of the business. And for the life of me, I have no idea why you have a rookie lawyer that comes in and says, Oh yeah, you should trademark your name and your logo. Like a larger law firm, like they should have they should have seen it. They should have caught that. It would have earned them certainly more billable hours. You know, and, and so I say that to say that not only do creators not always think about it, but sometimes, you know, like if, if the lawyer is, is, um, what is it, is specialized in one area, they may not think about like the other areas. They may just kind of be siloed into like, oh, I need to just focus on this. And so it's kind of the, one of the cool things with Web3 is even though I would say that I'm more, say my specialty would be in trademarks, in copy, trademarks, copyrights, and contracts, um, I, I primarily do contracts now, but but I would say those are my three specialties. I can I still do have an eye and understanding, you know, like, okay, we need to think about data privacy. You know, we need to think, you know, about, you know, like, I don't know much about taxation, but, you know, maybe you want to say something about tax, you know, within the terms of terms of use or terms and, and conditions so people know that, hey, you know, you just, you got to pay taxes. We're not going to give you in the U.S. what we would call like a 10, I mean, not a 1099, but we're not going to send you anything, you know, that says this is how many taxes, you know, you, you have to play or you have to pay or you're responsible for. Um, yeah. And or even like you said, anti-money laundering or um, know your customer, which is KYC. Like, like, I, I, I think about that because, I don't know, I, I guess I have a brighter lens. And in some extent, I worked in those areas, or at least researched in those areas. So, you know, I think about it. But, yeah, most creators are not going to think about that. So, Yeah, and then there's uh, also uh, the questions of what can you actually be trademarking and copywriting and everything else? Because I think uh, one of the uh, big things that uh, people might have read recently is that... Uh, uh, Yuga Labs uh, apparently does not have uh, copyright registration on the Bored Ape images. Meanwhile, they do have the trademark of the Bored Ape uh, Yacht Club name and the logo and some other things. So uh, 
please yeah. explain uh, what's what's happening there and uh, did they make a mistake or if they did it on purpose then uh, why did it, they do and what can be copyrights and what can be trademarked I mean I would certainly say they made a mistake and I just kind of again goes to show you how can a company as big as they are and I'm, I'm not too sure when Guy Osiri came in which is the big you know like entertainment manager like I mean, I remember going to Ape Fest in 2021, and they were pretty. By by then, by what is it, fall 2021, the you know Board Ape Yacht Club was pretty big, and and he was certainly on the team, but he's not a lawyer; he's an agent, you know, by trade. And it's just like at no point during 2021, or at least 2022, did you guys not think to bring in in-house counsel? And and I don't think they did. I think they actually worked with a major major law firm that's handling this litigation now. And I'm just like, how do you miss that? How do you miss that? Like I, I, I've met the attorney um, that files a lot of their trademarks. I was on a panel with him, you know, at our Basel in Miami, you know, end of last year. And obviously I didn't know this about the copyright because I would have asked him, like, how did you miss this? Or like, because when you read their terms of service on their website and any, any project Besides Moonbirds now, because Moonbirds says, says that they're CCO, CC0, Creative Commons, zero. And so, but yeah, any project that says we give you license, you know, to use, you know, like the, the art of the NFT that you've purchased, that's because they own the license. So they own the trademark of the name, they own the copyright of the art. So yeah, I've, I'm very curious. And I think you go to such a big brand, you know, maybe recently, maybe they are going to register it and, and they're such a colossal brand and, and notable to where they would be able to kind of like certainly fight back on that. But they've also have allowed like their users, users, their collectors, you know, to, to do different things. You know, I mean, we've seen an Arab, an ape on air post, air you know, shirt and whatever, what else, like on, a, on another like major, like fashion Nova, is another like popular major brand, not major, but popular brand in the U.S. You know, also selling apes, you know, online. Um, old Old Navy as well. You know, some one board, I think it was one or two board apes that did licensing deals with notable um, apparel brands. So because Yuga doesn't, yeah, they, they don't, they haven't gone after anyone and they don't need to because I feel like they've already built up their brand and that's what they kind of, they were built on. They're built on giving that commercial license, but it's almost as if, yeah, at least in the eyes of the U S they would, it just says that, yeah, they may own it because once you create something inherently own the copyright, but in the U S if you don't register the copyright with the federal government, if someone infringes on it, you don't like you, you don't have the right to sue them on copyright infringement, which is why if you look at the Yuga lawsuit with, um, what is it, uh, goodness, with Ryder Rib, it's trademark infringement that they're going after. They don't put copyright infringement because they, they, they can't, because in the US you have to, in order to file copyright infringement and also to get, you know, statutory, you know, damages, you know, to kind of get money from the damages that were caused to you, from the infringement, you have to have, have had a federal registration. So that's why I would say in their, in their litigation with Ryder Ribs, 
you know, that they're, you know, it's trademark infringement and not copyright infringement because they don't have it, which blows my mind. You know, and I'm just, copyright registration in the United States, it costs $60. It's not a lot of money. So clearly someone like just missed the ball. But uh, what are you saying about uh, uh, their uh, lawyer? Uh, there was this article that was uh, written about it just a couple of days ago where their lawyer was saying that uh, uh, firsthand, uh, Yuga, of course, owns the copyright of the artwork because copyright uh, requires human authorship, uh, which they had uh, done by artists that are uh, working with uh, Yuga. And... Uh, that in order to have the copyright ownership, you don't need to have a copyright uh, restriction as copyright arises automatically the moment an original work of authorship is fixed in a tangible medium of expression, which includes digital art stored on a computer memory. So uh, if, uh, if they are saying something like that, then what would you say about, uh, uh, does it stand true or is there yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, essentially, I just said that in different words, but mm -hmm. I just said that. So in the U.S., so in other countries, it's for the most part from generally in other countries, you would not file for you wouldn't register a copyright. You would just register a trademark. But mm -hmm. in the U.S., uh, yeah, that's it. whenever you write, whenever you create, you know, like, like like you just said, whenever you create anything, you automatically have that copyright. But what sets the U.S., and I don't know if there's other jurisdictions, but what sets the U.S. apart is that the U.S. says if you want to file a copyright infringement lawsuit. So if someone infringes mm -hmm. on your copyright and you want to sue them, you can't sue them in the U.S. You don't have the right to sue them unless you have filed a, yeah, a, you filed a copyright registration. And then you're able, so it gives you, it allows you to file a lawsuit for infringement and then also allows you, you know, like to have access to, to money, money damages, um, which is why I said that's why their litigation with, um, with Ryder Rips, it says trademark infringement. It doesn't mm -hmm. say copyright infringement. It can't because it, it, it doesn't, they don't meet the requirements of the federal statute that would allow them to sue him for, for, for copyright infringement. So it has to be trademark infringement. So, yeah. yeah. At, at the same right. time, I understand that uh, there have been also discussions that they don't actually want to do the copyright infringement case because that would be super hard to win even if they would have uh, a, uh, a copyright registered. And uh, in a way, since most projects haven't, then you don't really want to go into this discussion because it might open up some Pandora boxes so that uh, uh, might not be those that you want to open. I would, I would say that lawyers are saying that just because it wasn't done. <laughs> like, like, no, you would do it. Like, again, I, I was, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, a, I wouldn't call myself, I'm not a, a junior lawyer anymore. You know, I've been in the game for what, I, almost two years now. It'll be two years in March. Yeah, it'll be two years in March that I've been practicing as a, as an attorney, um, period. And so like, again, how in my rookie year of being a lawyer that I, you know, that I figure, oh, I think I wanna protect, I, I should try to protect artifact by trademark. And then these other things that they're creating, you know, I can protect these by, yeah, by, by 
by filing um, by filing copyright, and the copyright office accepted it, mm-hmm. and you know, and they they asked questions. They said, "Well, what is it? What is the thing that you're trying to protect?" And I explained, you know, like it's sold as a non fungible token, and they were able to like, okay, so like the copyright office certainly approved, you know, like art that was sold as NFTs, you know, like from that I that I submitted with artifacts. So bullshit is what I would say <laughs> to, 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 what that, to, the, to what that lawyer is saying. And I'm quite sure that lawyer has way more, has probably like a decade more experience than I do. Probably a decade plus is what I would guess. So it's just trying to, I would say, save face. And, but, but sure, there are people. There's certainly other lawyers or IP lawyers that have worked with NFT artists between now and you know, 2021, 2022, that have certainly filed copyright, you know, like, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, CryptoPunks, they have, they filed copyright registration. I think, I know for a fact they filed, Larva Labs filed, um, before Yuga bought them, Larva Labs filed trade, you know, filed trademarks in like the spring. So maybe April, around April, March, April, or May of 2021 because I remember seeing it. Um, I can't remember the date that they filed for the um, for the copyright on the art of the CryptoPunks, but they did. And so again, you go, so yeah, that argument does not work. Quick banana break. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an event I'm organizing, NFT Talent the biggest web-free event in Northern and Eastern Europe. NFT Tallinn is your bridge to Europe, where the brightest minds in the industry come together to discuss and present the latest trends and developments in a nascent web-free world. The main event will be held from May 8th to 10th and will feature keynote speakers, panel discussions, networking opportunities, VIP dinners, and more. In addition, the community will host hackathons, side events, and much more throughout the week starting May 5th. Tickets are available now. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit nfttalent.com. It's an event well worth your time. Uh, for anyone uh, creating uh, any art, uh, what is your go-to plan? Uh, what do you say that uh, needs to happen uh, at uh, all times? Oh my gosh, anyone who's creating art, like I would say, kind of like what you said, um, you know, Yuga Labs, and I'm sure people have heard about it, like Yuga like the guys for, for Yuga did not draw, you know, they didn't create the art for the Board Ape Yacht Club. Like they, they, they hired, they contracted, they hired contractors, you know, like they hired artists under a contract, you know, to, to, to make these for them. And then those artists would have signed over the, the right to say that they did it and the right to, to, to own it. So I would say anyone who's being hired you know, by a, a startup or an NFT or Web3 startup or a blockchain gaming startup to do the art, you know, for an NFT, for what could be an NFT project or for a blockchain game or, game, you know, or even a Web2 game, I, I would certainly try to negotiate, you know, like even if you're like a beginner or this is your first big gig or one of your first gigs, I would say try to negotiate you know, like the percentage of the royalties, because that not that what, you know, Web3 is supposed to be about? That's what NFTs are supposed to be about. 
you know, more, more empowerment of, of creators. And so I would say certainly try to negotiate some percentage, you know, try to negotiate the right to say, I am the creator or I'm the artist behind this artwork. And, and because then you'll, and then if, if you can get more, you can get more jobs, you know, that'll only increase your visibility on different platforms um, and, and different communities. So I would say try to negotiate, you know, your, your rights a little bit better. But if you're creating a, uh different types of uh, collections uh, like artifacts or dead palace, uh, then uh, other than uh, making uh, sure that your contracts are solid and making sure that you file for the copyrights and trademark, uh, is there anything else that is a must do? Yeah. So when it, when it comes to, when it comes to characters, so if it's just a piece of, a piece of art, if it's just like, Hey, I drew this thing, that would be, you know, a copyright. If you are using if you if someone hires you to draw a logo, I mean you can also copyright you can copyright anything that you that you're drawing. But so any art that you're drawing, you can copyright that. But if if it's being used, you know, to you know, yeah, like the the board ape like the the skull of the ape of the board ape yacht club, that's a symbol, you know, of that that's a recognizable kind of like symbol of of the brand. When you see that on a shirt without B-A-Y-C, any of us DJs that are on Twitter, you know, we if we spotted that in real life, we would know, hey, that might be a, another NFT collector because that looks like the Board of Yacht Club logo, even though you don't see the B-A-Y-C. So when you have something like that, like a logo that identifies a brand or what we would say a brand identifier, then you would file a trademark on that. So a trademark, because with a trademark, it has to be something that's it, it it's it, it's an item that's being sold um so that's why it kind of both ways with the copyright you know and the trademark but typically a trademark would be like a like said a brand identifier so on the again those that watch the video um the, and I'll, I'll post a picture as well but this 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 hat like so the logo would could would be it could be a um copyright and a trademark but is there anything else uh, that uh, someone uh, starting a collection that aims to become a startup uh, one day needs to, or is that? Uh... No, it's not that easy. I mean, I'd say like, you know, when it comes to, again, terms of use, most people don't read it, but at some point, you know, when there's an issue, they may go back and try to read it or they'll go and hire a lawyer and say, Hey, can I sue these people? Because this happened when I tried to mint on the website that they told me to connect my wallet. Um, so yeah, then that lawyer most likely will be like, huh, maybe you can, maybe you can't. And they'll go and they'll read the terms of use to see, you know, like, is there any liability? Like what's, what's happening? You know, like, like, do they, like what happens when someone connects their wallets? You know, is there like, or if I'm a web three newbie and, and I thought this was an investment, you know, like, and, and I thought I was investing and then it became a rug pull or it wasn't a rug pull and the project just didn't do well. And I aped it and bought a whole bunch and I'm like the largest collector and there are like 20 other people or I don't know that also meant it. And, 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 and I've lost money because I can't do anything with it or, you know, it slowly goes down. 
well, like, is there wording within the terms of use, you know, that kind of talks about the risk of this market, you know, and that this isn't an investment, but this is, you know, for your entertainment, and this is art, um, rather than, you know, like a, a, an investment scheme. So I think terms of use, and, you know, is certainly important. I think term, terms of use, you know, should also cover, you know, some anti-money laundering, you know, like language, sanctions language, because, you know, at least in the U.S., well, in, in most countries, you know, like doing business with someone in Iran, North Korea, and Russia now, and whatever, and whatever other countries are on that list, there's a there's a quite a few countries um, on the on the on the sanctions list um, in the U.S. and I would say probably like what other Western nations as well that prohibit business business activity with a person that's located, you know, in that country. So just because you have a Web3 wallet, you know, let, let them track it. Able to track that, you know, someone that was connected to this organization or I don't know, what is it, like funding, weapons, you know, or wherever, then you're going to have an issue. You know, I, I haven't seen any, I don't know, like I haven't seen any, I haven't heard any, any news articles or stories of, um, what is it, um, I don't know, terrorist organizations or... I don't know, organizations or whatever, you know, like, or legal organizations or illicit organizations. I haven't heard any stories of them fundraising through NFT flips. They could. I think they could, certainly. But, you know, I like, think there was some sort of uh, news recently that uh, it wasn't uh, the organization themselves fundraising, but uh, someone who had been making money from uh, uh, flipping coins and uh, was then using Bitcoin uh, to send money uh, somewhere and uh, got sentenced yeah and so like imagine you being the platform that was allowing that and you know they come in your website they're connecting their wallet and and maybe they're not using a vpn but they're doing it straight from the country and google analytics picks it up but you're not looking at your google analytics and then they get to this point like you just said where they find this person you know they arrest them and then when or before that they're doing their investigation and kind of realize, hey, like a lot of the money that they got, you know, it came from like OpenSea or it came from them minting this, um, this, yeah, from this website, you know, this NFT collection. And this collection seems to be heavily, like, I don't know, I guess the founders seem to be in the US, you know, um, it, like you can, you can certainly track, but that's also why OpenSea blocks certain countries because they need to, you can't control what people do as far as trying to go around, you know, the rules that they set in place, because people are always going to be innovative, but, you know, someone should not be able to directly connect from a computer, you know, in Iran or even North Korea, meaning like, you should, I mean, whatever, forget whatever their laws are in their countries, but someone shouldn't, shouldn't be able to do that directly from, from those countries. You know, they should be able to type in opensea.io and, and get on. Like there, there should be a block. Um, so that's, that's another thing I would say projects should, should be looking out for. And even privacy policy. Um, if you're collecting data via, you know, Google Analytics or interacting with in any way, like the people, most countries have a lot, have laws around data privacy. And in the U.S., you would be looking at state and federal, you know, like laws. And then I can certainly go down the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole of, you know, employment law 
where it comes to your your consultants, you know, who you're contracting with. And then once you actually have a team, what's the contracts? What, 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 what do the contracts look like between the entities of the business and the, and the leadership that you've hired? So there isn't liability. So if there is a lawsuit, the people, that whoever's suing you isn't suing the founders personally, but they're suing the business or suing the entity so that your personal finances are, you know, are protected. So there's a, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of reasons why you would want, you know, in-house counsel or at least, you know, like a, a, you want to get a consultation hour, you know, with a, with a lawyer to kind of figure out what are some things I should be paying attention to, things I should, yeah, I should be thinking about before I have the funds to fully hire an attorney. Yep. Uh, I was just uh, checking NFT Italian's website and uh, no visitors from Iran. So uh, all, all good. But uh, talking about uh, NFT projects and all this uh, legal thing, then uh, especially for a project that hasn't even started and uh, is done uh, just by scraping together funds to get something going, then uh, they don't really have the funds to go and do everything. Of course, they uh, might be able to go and uh, uh, find a lawyer to uh, take a pay after the collection has been rented out uh, or find a uh, uncle that's uh, an ex-lawyer or has just watched too many law shows. But is there also uh, any type of uh, uh, material package that uh, a uh, project uh, can uh, just go to and uh, go through a checklist and uh, maybe uh, get some contracts? And if there isn't, then I, I think that, that that's a, another uh, business opportunity. I mean, I feel like it's the thing is like it's hard to just go to a website and say or Google um, can give me a work for hire template, you know, contract. And I mean, yeah, you can find that online. You could flaunt. You could probably find, you know, sample. What is it? Terms of use. You know, like, I mean, just go to what is it like? I don't know. Like I've seen like the cool cats. Like I, I remember when cool. I know I can tell you when cool cats didn't have a legal team. And when they hired a law firm, you know, like, and because I remember what their terms of use looked like before, it was pretty much non-existent and, and their IP terms were very just like bare bones. And then when, when they hired a law firm, I was like, whoa, their terms of service are like super long and convoluted. doesn't have to be this convoluted. That's why I knew it was a law firm and not a, not a one-off, like a solo lawyer, because that's something that a law firm would do, just have them super convoluted. And I'm just like, it doesn't have to be this complicated. You could totally, like, it didn't have to be this long. But, um, but yeah, no, you could totally go to, like, a Cool Cats. You could go to, um, what else? Um, I mean, I haven't, looked, I haven't looked at Azuki's um, terms of service, but you could totally do that. But every project isn't the same. Surely you're going to have different mechanisms and because of that, and, and, and you don't know like how their corporate structure is built out and why their terms say, say what they say. And, and maybe you want to have a different licensing regime and how you're giving commercial license. So, yeah, it's not the same rules are not going to apply, you know, to, yeah, to the same, to, to, to the same companies. I mean, when you look up ApeCoin Ape DAO, you know, their terms of service say that they're based in the Cayman Islands. So are, does, does the term of service for ApeCoin DAO like only apply to Cayman Islands law? Maybe. I don't know because I don't do law in the Cayman Islands, so I have no idea. Or is it pretty broad? And U.S. law, 
I have no idea. So um, you, it, it's, I would say it's always a case by case. So it, it's not the easiest to kind of just pull a, a template, you know, contract template, you know, from, from a, a site that you find online because it's likely going to occur in, in, in unique ways and in very intricate ways with what you're trying to do. Um, because, yeah, and NFTs are still evolving and the law is probably going to look different worldwide. So it depends, depends on where you are and how the law applies and what you need to put in there. I mean, I'm not going to even talk about employment law in different countries. So your contracts for when you're hiring consultants should, should probably have some different terms in there as well. Yeah. So uh, other than the uh, blockchain uh, code uh, writer uh, and the artist and the marketing person, uh, just get someone uh, to uh, check what you're doing, the legal side as well. Uh, I know that these days uh, you are uh, getting more excited about uh, various uh, metaverse and virtual world and uh, game uh, worlds. Uh, so when it comes to games, then uh, uh, first of all, what excites you there? And uh, second of all, uh, do some things differ there? Uh, and uh, should projects somehow uh, put even more emphasis on uh, legal there? Cool. I mean, I think there would be somewhat more, more, a little bit more, just because again, I mean, I remember when Facebook first came out, maybe a little bit more as Facebook was growing, you started to see the, the new lawsuits of online harassment, online bullying, and can someone sue, you know, file a lawsuit for this? Um, so as the technology, you know, d develops, you know, surely there are going to be people that just do something stupid, you know, that's going to offend or genuinely hurt, you know, so someone. So I think, yeah, I, like I think you want you, you want a lawyer to be um, focusing in on what, what what are the potential potentials or possibilities, you know, for for liability when you're kind of waging into this new space. And so it's not only the it's not only just the what do you call it the the the, the IP. So your so with metaverse is it's not just the copyright, the trademark, or even patent because you might be creating a new invention or some type of new use case that could be that that could be a patent, you know, within your metaverse. So you have you have the you have the IP, which would be that that's one area. You have, you also have the contracts. You have who you're hiring and, and and all this stuff, and you have the corporate structure, and 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 that's another area that's business law. So you, you have that. Maybe, maybe you're getting some seed, some seed rounds. So you're getting some investment, some investors. And that's another area of law, which I do not specialize in at all, um, where you want to get probably, you'd probably hire maybe your in-house counsel or you would contact a law firm or you would just directly go to a major law firm that kind of has these different departments, but they cost a lot, lot more. <laughs> um, but so you, you have that part. But then you kind of add in, okay, could I potentially be liable for um, what, what we would call an area of tort law? So this is like civil law of, yeah, like, is there such thing as virtual assault? You know, is there such a, you know, like, I don't know, I mean, that's probably not going to be a new area. Of, that's not going to probably be a thing that's on the books. They would just probably call it assault, but maybe there's going to be a widened definition because like, like I said the best example would be 
once the internet became a big thing and once social media became this behemoth, you had, I mean, you see it even now, like online bullying, online, um, what is it, like revenge porn. Like, where did, where did that term come from? It's a new, term, you know, it's a term that was created because of this way people decided to use, you know, the internet and social media. So I certainly think that there, there will be creative uh, use cases of, of the law, you know, as the, the metaverse slash virtual worlds grow in, in mass use. So with mass adoption, I think you'll see some pretty interesting things. Uh, yeah, like someone, I mean, you've, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it, people stealing apes, you know, and, and or was it? I think Singapore, a Singapore court last year and a Chinese court this year, you know, like that has declared that NFTs are property, they're a form of property. I don't think there's been a U.S. court that's done it yet. I could be wrong. Um, but I, but I, I'm not recalling right now that there's a U- U.S. court that's done it. But China has done it and Chinese court and, and Sing- Sing- a court in Singapore, you know, has done it. So imagine that evolving. Someone has stole my property. It's property. This JPEG is property. Yes, it is. And now we need to go to court and, and fight it out, you know, in a civil suit. Is that like what jurisdictions will we will we will we be able to do that in? And if the person that's a, the alleged thief is in I don't know in India, and I'm a Canadian citizen, like how does that how does that work? You know, like how what do you do? So it will be interesting. That's what I would say. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much. And uh, I've been um, recently. Uh, Kind of advising the uh, local police uh, force on uh, on different ways how they can uh, use the on-chain data to uh, catch some of those uh, uh, thieves and uh, other uh, scammers. And uh, I think uh, that's something that most people don't yet realize uh, how traceable uh, everything can be. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there are still uh, many uh, undiscussed uh, problems. And uh, exactly as we, uh, at some point on the internet, uh, had the uh, start of uh, identity thefts, uh, uh, rage porn, even uh, virtual uh, rape, then uh, uh, I'm I'm sure uh, metaverses will be generating even more of those things. And uh, uh, the creators, as well as those that are just acting there, don't even know what uh, might uh, might hit them uh, eventually. I can always continue uh, some things on, on my side. Uh, so let's get uh, Owen on, but I'll ask you one more question. And um, uh, this is related to uh, games and uh, uh, another interesting point that you brought up uh, on another space, that uh, those very free games these days, uh, especially in the US, especially when you have some sort of uh, earning capabilities, should uh, have a KYC built into it. Uh, so that uh, you would not let underage uh, people uh, come and play and earn, uh, because otherwise you might, uh, again, uh, get into some trouble. So uh, tell me more about it. I would say, so there, there are two things you hit on. The underage thing, that would be something that you would want to have within like your terms of use, um, and also within the privacy policy as well. And you want to look at, yeah, again, just... What the like depends on what country you're registered in. You want to follow that state law and that federal law. So I'm kind of speaking from the U.S. standpoint. 
Um, so the state law and the federal law, the, again, depending on the country or, and state that you're residing in, or that, not you're residing in, but the company um, is registered in. So it's another reason to don't just say, I'm, I'm a creator, but no, have a business, you know, that that's taking all the liability. Um, so that's one answer. You would want to mention whatever child protection, you know, acts. And if this is not, you know, for children and you need to be, you know, like over 18, I don't know what the age limits would be in other countries, but you need to research that, whatever the age is in Europe, what it would be in Asia, and, and maybe kind of just like have that listed, which is another reason why you would probably want a lawyer, um, since this blockchain thing is global and you never know where someone is logging on to. So you probably would want to say this is not something for children um, and you shouldn't be a child interacting on the site. And then you probably would do, um, yeah, for the KYC part. So the, the child part would be a, a, a data privacy type thing. And then is it the KYC, that would be more just, you know, like if I have a Mint site and I'm telling people to connect their wallet, you know, to buy the NFT, maybe I want to use some type of software, you know, on the back end that's scanning all the wallets that are connecting to make sure that, that they haven't been red flagged, you know, um, like the, the wallet address hasn't been flagged, you know, for, for sanctions, you know, by the U.S. or a Western country um, for any type of illicit activity. And, and there are companies that do provide that type of software. I think there's also the uh, good reason to use some sort of uh, pre-mint uh, platform uh, so that uh, they would kind of take the liability uh, for themselves uh, by letting uh, right people to either register or not. Of course, uh, you would want to make sure that their terms, terms and conditions say that they are not working with sanctions people, but uh, uh, this could be a one, one of those tools that you can use in order to uh, put together a list of uh, people that uh, you know uh, are not going to uh, cause any harm to you. I mean, I think somewhat, but you would still want to, even if you're using like a, like pre I think XYZ or some other pre-mint type platform, you still need to have it said in your like terms of service. Mm -hmm. Don't log, I mean, you wouldn't say it like this, but in plain English and not legalese, you would essentially be saying, you are not like you're prohibited from like log, don't log on to this site if you are from one of these countries or if you're from a sanctioned you know country you know or the, like it's you have to have some wording around that you know and even if they do well at least you said do not do it we prohibit this type of like activity we don't want this we don't want anyone affiliated or that could be on one of these sanctioned lists to connect and mint from this website like yeah, so you still, have, you still have to say it, even if you're using mm -hmm. a pre-mint site. Yeah, of course. So uh, just write it there. If you're coming from NOC, from Iran, from Russia, or if your name is Sam Bankman-Fried, please leave. Uh, Owen, you were first uh, to uh, get a speaker role. What did you want to ask? Uh, I guess it's kind of down along the same road as this. Like A lot of this sounds like ass-covering more than uh, actually trying to stop people from North Korea from interacting with your website. Because, like, how much can you actually do to stop them? Like, will a good VPN get around all of these kind of um, 
And he might have cut out some of it. Yeah, but the question came through. So uh, I guess yeah. it is ass covering on the one hand, but uh, uh, what can you do about VPNs and everything else? The idea is that you, you do the best of your ability. So you need to just be able to show when a, when a federal regulator, you know, come, comes to you and says, why do we see that this, you know, person in this country or well, yeah, in this sanctioned country has, you know, minted this amount and they kept coming back and, you know, and, and they're doing these trades, you know, and they're doing all this stuff on the market graded and they minted on your site, you know, like, and to be able to show, to, hey, we can't control it but these are all the guards that we have in place. So if you, think about a if you think about a cryptocurrency exchange, they would have a compliance unit. I mean, they'll have their legal, they'll have their, they'll have the, they'll have their legal team that will be talking with other lawyers and doing, you know, like, like specifically legal things. And then they'll have a compliance team and a compliance team, their job is to do their best to make sure that the crypto exchange is in compliance, is following the rules of the federal or state law um, and or the regu or the regulate the laws of the regulated um, field that they're that they're in. And so like I mean when you think of a Coinbase, I mean Coinbase, Kraken, Bitrix, those are the three that I can name off the top of my head that I mean Coinbase fined like last month in January and then Kraken and Bitrix got fined uh, in, in the fall. Those three, they got fined because they were not, they certainly, I would think, have the money to, to have compliance units. I used to work for Bitrix and the compliance unit, so I know that they have a team. And they got fined because they did, their compliance standards for Know Your Customer, KYC, were not up to par. They weren't up to the standard that, you know, that the industry like regulates. I mean, we know banks for the most part usually are a lot more stricter, but not all the time. You know, if, again, if I have to mention Daska Bank again. So, uh, you know, it's like if you're going to work in that industry, there are rules that you need to comply with just for working in that industry. And if you don't, then you could get fined. And that's where I think Coinbase got a hundred million dollar fine. And then Kraken, I'm not, I don't, I, I, I don't remember, but it was it was certainly high. And then I think Bitrix is maybe about three million, maybe maybe more. I might I might be like lowering how much Bitrix is fine, but it, it it was enough, you know. Like they got fined in the millions, and so yeah, it's certainly something. Yeah, so a part of it is you know like protecting yourself, but it's also complying with the rules of the industry that you're in. With NFTs, there aren't any rules, but with crypto, there are. So if people are still transacting in crypto, then some of those crypto reg those crypto regulation and, and guidance can like apply. And and there is anti-money laundering and know your customer KYC, you know, like regulation, you know, for cryptocurrency. So I could see how it would apply to NFTs very easily. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, it was very thorough. Uh Pomnati, you ha have your hand up. Yeah, so um, you, you shared a lot, uh, Shakina, and sometimes, you know, like getting to know the law can be like a really long process. So I just wanted to ask, like, do you have like a website or a directory where, you know, someone can quickly access some of this information so that 
you know, maybe over time I can like assimilate them because it seems like a lot of taking at once. Yeah, no, it is a lot taken. So no, I don't. Um, you have to take a note and and kind of and then Google <laughs> and Google along um, to see what I'm talking about because you can't. You you would have had to work in the industry or be working in it to to kind of have this knowledge. Or, or I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. You know, just because I, I feel like the space is always evolving, and 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 law is yeah, laws new laws are popping up. You know, everywhere, but. I mean, not in NFTs, but, you know, like cases are popping up everywhere and, and they don't always go to court to create new law. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I no, I don't. I, I, I don't at all. I mean, if I did that, then I'd fully be giving away free legal advice. And I, I, I should that. Um, if I want to continue to continue to yeah, make some some income. All right. I'll give it, I mean, I'm giving it away on spaces, you know, like I am, I'm giving some, you still can't do it on your own, but I'm, I'm giving you some pretty good pointers. I still think uh, that uh, you should uh, put together a checklist and then uh, under that, uh, your contact. <laughs> I, I, I don't have, I don't even have time. And it's almost as if, like, if someone came to me and would do it, and, and I would sit on the phone with them like I'm doing right now, like because I'm on the phone on Twitter, then sure. I probably wouldn't, don't even email me and ask me to like write it out. It probably for me to do it, you know, speaking. And then you could, yeah, be taking notes and, and, and listen back, listening back to a recording and, and then probably come back to me with more questions and I answer them. And then you put it together and then you ask me to review it. And then I would read it. And then, you know, it, it could be put out. So that's probably how that would happen. I wouldn't sit and do it. I'm, I'm busy and it's not necessary for, for, for me to do. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 because I know that uh, DevFellas is not the only project that you're working with. Uh, and that's, uh, I, I can believe uh, how busy you are. And again, if there's anyone else that uh, might want to ask a question here, then it's your chance now. Otherwise, you would have to fly over to uh, Estonia, to NFT Tallinn in May, where uh, you will be seeing uh, Shekinah on the stage uh, talking uh, together with other uh, web free game uh, developers about the metaverses and, uh, and the legal side, as well as, of course, could be uh, finding her and uh, asking her to come and uh, fix all the problems you've been uh, making by not uh, signing all the right contracts in the right time. Maybe something from my side, uh, which could be one of the last questions today, is uh, what's your take uh, when it comes to taxation of uh, uh, especially in-game items, uh, when it comes to their free and everything else around it? Uh, is this something that uh, we should be expecting to see uh, in the future, uh, or it's still uh, something that uh, might happen, might not happen, and no one really knows. I feel like this week, it had to be this week. So at some point this week, it wasn't yesterday, but I was reading something about taxation and, and getting like items. And I think I was reading, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to kind of like look it up and and, and maybe I'll, I'll 
surely um, speak on it when I get to the yeah to, to Talon um, in in the spring. But 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 yeah, like it, I was reading something where there might be I don't know a, a specific country, you know that might yeah that might be adding um, taxation. I on think this was uh, Japan. Thank you, thank you. I, I knew it like it was this week. So maybe you heard me on the spaces and I was talking about it. That's very possible. Um, yeah, I don't, like where did you get that from? So because help me recall because it was this week. It was Japan. So, and I know I was talking uh, about it. It, it must have been uh, you joining our game mastermind where we were talking about things, and that at least there I mentioned it, and then you jumped in uh, to uh, discuss some things as well. Okay, okay, maybe it was that because I'm like, yeah, okay, I I know I've talked about this recently, and I, and I read it somewhere. So yeah, I would say sometime this week. I was I again. I I don't fully recall recall it, but um, like I think in yeah within Japan within their within the the new tax law because um, Japan already released some guidance on 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 taxes for I would say NFTs, digital collectibles, or digital I would say digital assets on digital assets including like crypto um, last year. Then in January this year they release like an update to it. And I think that update mentions, you know, like includes in-game assets and it down like what is an in-game asset and, you know, and is it like, okay, when I first buy it, you know, is, is that like, where's the tax? Is it when, when I buy it or is it when I sell it? You know, like if I sell it for a loss, is it, you know, like just different things. And so I don't remember exactly how it works, but I know that that, again, was a, an update to, to Japan's tax, you know, on digital assets, what, a few weeks ago, because we're only, what, barely six weeks into, if, if that. So I would, so yeah, it, and that's just Japan. I don't think the, I mean, the U.S., I think we all know, hasn't re- seemed to release anything. And I don't recall reading anything about in-game assets um, when it comes to Web3, from the um, Internal Revenue Service, which is the IRS, our, the federal tax agency for the U.S., and then also remembering the U.S. also has state tax agencies. And I can admit to you, I don't follow state tax regimes, but you know, maybe I should. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in a way, people do want to make something like this happen, but it's uh, not sure yet. I know that. Uh, uh, in EU, uh, there has been a case uh, which is like uh, 15 years ago or so uh, when uh, the court said that uh, World of Warcraft uh, money isn't taxable and uh, the assets that you buy with this money isn't taxable. But since then, we have crypto and we have uh, much more uh, funds moving through and uh, we have people that are uh, only uh, earning uh, all of their livelihood from uh, games so uh, it might start to change things but i think it would still be the easiest uh, for everyone including the regulators to just uh, only tax whenever you uh, actually take money out and uh, try to uh, start buying uh, bread or uh, beer with it and uh, if you start taxing for every transaction that you do inside the games it will be a legal nightmare yeah yeah no i couldn't even imagine fitness but you know where there's money to be made surely you know all of our you know governments will will try to get something from it so well and i think it just depends on how how large 
you know, Web3 gaming becomes or blockchain based gaming will become, will, will it will it garner the revenue, you know, a, a garner a large enough revenue where governments want to care, you know, to kind of tap into that money. So I think it depends. Yeah. Well, uh, there you have it. Make sure your uh, legal paper uh, ready. Uh, make sure that you're ready to be paying taxes if they might be coming to knock. And otherwise, uh, we're looking forward to hosting you all uh, in uh, May uh, for May 9th and 10th. But we actually have uh, side events happening uh, throughout the week, uh, starting with uh, East Tallinn Hackathon uh, on May 5th, the uh, Friday before. Uh, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to hosting you there. Uh, and uh, also uh, looking forward to seeing you there, uh, Shekinah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing, yeah, Estonia in, in May. I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. Excited to, to eat some with bananas. I, I mean, what does the Estoniana taste like? So I'm excited <laughs> to, uh, yeah. To, yeah, excited to, I mean, I, I, I like bananas in general, but but no, definitely excited um, to go to Estonia and, 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 and check out the, the Web3, you know, startup scene there. When I was in Denmark, I mean, I did hear a lot of very good things about the Estonia startup, not market, but the startup community and how the government does pour resources, you know, into, you know, helping, yeah, tech startups. And so I'm very excited. And that was um, 2019 that I was reading about that. So it'll be very cool to see how some of that has developed and what the new innovations, you know, are within um, blockchain, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, two shills in Estonia on that front. Uh, on the one hand, it's been uh, running its uh, healthcare and many other systems uh, on a private blockchain since uh, 2007. And wow. uh, uh, we are currently advising uh, some of the departments in the government to uh, start uh, implementing blockchain in uh, some other uh, fields as well. And this time already on uh, public network. And then on the other hand, uh, when it comes to the startup ecosystem, then, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, it is uh, vivid. And uh, we have, in fact, the most unicorns per capita. This means wow. uh, most startups that uh, have uh, mm -hmm. achieved uh, the at least 1 billion in valuation uh, per the uh, 1.4 million uh, people that we have. Uh, yeah. And uh, we are actually on a track that uh, in the next 10 years or so, uh, 30 up to 40% of all GDP will be coming only from tech companies. So if you want to do tech, Estonia is the place. I'm excited for the networking I will do in, in Estonia. That's what I'll say. On that note, uh, thank you all for joining us. And uh, we look forward to hosting you at the next NFT Talent Talks. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's all for today's episode of NFT Talent Talk. I appreciate all of you for tuning in and I hope you'll time in for our next episode. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast if you found it valuable. It really helps us out. I encourage you all to visit nftitalin.com to learn more about the event and grab a ticket when you're ready. I promise you the experience in Estonia will be a worthwhile one. Bye-bye.